just a little bit about her. She trained in textile art and dress and textile design with education and has since spent several years teaching and developing her textile skills. Her work generally consists of densely textured layers, exploring colour and texture with a fusion of hand-dyed fabrics, handmade felt with embellishments of thread, wire, beads and feathers. The development of her work has been rapid over the last three years, and more recently she has moved towards landscapes and sunsets and seascapes using wool and silk fibres in a painterly way, creating blocks of vibrant colour before felting, blending and shading as she goes. She builds up the layers with textured embellishment, using the sewing machine as a drawing tool to bring the picture alive. Myra's inspiration comes from our natural surroundings and experience, our natural surroundings and experiences, drawing on the hues, shapes and textures of land, sea and air with the influences of the elements. So that's where she's coming from and now she's going to share her work and do a demonstration to you all. Thank you, Myra. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. I'm Myra, Myra Hudson. Um, and I've been working as a textile artist for probably about five years. Um, I'll sort of start right from the beginning. My textile roots go way, way back to when I was this high. Um, and my earliest memory of me making something was probably the uh, knitted blue and yellow tea cosy when I was about seven at school. Um, I have memories of coming downstairs late at night, well, late for me, um, and seeing my mum at the sewing machine making dresses for me. My dad was a carpenter carpenter and joiner so sort of it's been in our family my grandmother and my aunt I can remember sort of knitting for England um, and I've got two or had two sisters I've got one one sister now um, and they were both very much into needlework and textiles at school and so it's always been around me um, and um, I think the only one that escaped in my family was my brother so it doesn't seem to be creative whatsoever um, but there we are. So that was my earliest memory. Um, I, I used to get all the scraps of fabric and I used to get my mum's sewing machine out. It was a little tiny um, replica of a singer, little metal and wood. I don't know if anyone's ever seen the sort, know the sort I mean, a little tiny one. Um, I used to make dolls' dresses and uh, bedding for dolls and all sorts of things like that. So that was sort of very, very young. Um, I sort of fought to do my, my textiles, really. Um, all the way through school, it was, it was clear that it was an area that I could develop, and an area that I was good at, and an area that I enjoyed. Um, and so I, I took needlework, as it was in those days at school, um, and came out quite well with that. Went on to college. I went to Amanda College in Bedford to take my A-levels. But I had to fight to take the needlework course there because it uh, was not that many people interested in it so I used to sort of sit at the back of a sitting guilds course and, and almost teach myself just so that I went through the ropes of doing the two years to do the exam at the end of it. I then went on to Ilkley College in Yorkshire um, and took textile art dress and textile design and it opened up a whole new world for me. 
um, because it, it was then going from the needlework as we knew it, dressmaking, etc., buttonholes and seams and all those sort of bits and pieces, boring bits. Um, and I was shown how to screen print and dye and weave and machine embroider and design outfits. So it really, really opened up a whole new world for me. Um, after Ilkley College... <clears throat> Well, at Ilkley College, I, I did education as well. So after Ilkley College, it was at the time when there were very few jobs around. And I trained, although I'd, I'd trained dress and textile design, textile art, I'd also trained to teach little ones. And I was waiting for that job. And all the, all the counties were frozen at that stage. So it gave me a chance to get back into my textiles and be creative again. Um, so I spent a year perhaps two years, um, designing and making quilted jackets and selling them at Covent Garden. And I belonged to a cooperative at that time in Hemel Hempstead. Um, and we had one of the stalls on the Apple Market in Covent Garden for a while. I can remember that. And we also had a little shop, a cooperative shop in Hemel Hempstead. Um, so I, I would dye the fabric and I would screen print the design and quilt it and machine embroider in. And um, do come in and um, make the jacket. And people would queue up for these jackets. Not quite sure now why, but uh, they would. Um, but then I was lucky enough to get a break. I saw an advert for teaching textiles. And I thought, well, if I'm not going to get a job teaching little ones at this stage, then that's what I should do. So I went off to King Harold School in uh, Waltham Abbey for three years. And I went there to teach the needlework as it still was on the syllabus uh, but it was very clear very quickly that the, mainly the girls there were boys involved as well but mainly the girls were just not interested in making clothes because they could go down the market and buy their little skirts and things for next to nothing so I introduced the textile element, the textile art element into the syllabus, this was pre-national curriculum so that was, that was great um, I then Having left um, the school, I started my, having my children. Um, I had a little break to bring up. I've got Fuchsia and Joe. And when they were small, I still fiddled around. I made them clothes and so forth. Um, but I, it wasn't enough for me. I had to do more. And I didn't want to go back to work. And I said, I wanted to be there with the children. And so I, I had my own little business. lasted about five years. And I designed and made silk wedding gowns. Um, it was the, the design element that I really, really enjoyed and the embellishment that I really, really enjoyed. The actual making up of the garments was a little bit boring. And that is really what the stage when I should have had somebody to come in and help me, but I didn't. Um, so I sort of gave up after five years. In fact, we moved here. I did it for a little while and, and then gave up, went back into teaching. And going back into teaching, I was teaching for 12 years, um, but little ones this time, which is what I wanted to do all along. And um, it was 
after 12 years and not having the time to be creative, it, I was getting a bit frustrated and things happened within the family. I lost my sister and so forth. So it was a time to make a break and then sort of start my own journey again. And this is what I've been doing over the last five years. Um, I took a, a very small break and then just started to let it pour out. Got the machine out, got the dyes out and just to see what would happen. And I spent two years developing my own textiles, just what I wanted to do, exactly what I wanted to do, um, to, to see where it would take me. And at that stage, I had never made a piece of felt. So I'm self-taught in felt making. It's something that I fancied I wanted to do. Went down the library and I couldn't find any books on it. And I happened, my, my daughter at this stage was at university and I went up to stay with her and I went to the knitting stitching show. And we'd sort of walked, been all the way around, and I'd picked up some wool that I thought was useful to felt with. Um, and just as we were leaving, I found the um, Felt Makers Association and doing a little demo there. And that's all it needed for me to get started on the felt. So ever since then, I've just been rapidly producing felt. But it's not the kind of felt that you'd wear. I do it purely for the art. And... It's given me the chance to um, express myself in ways that I've been carrying ever since college days, but not really knowing how to execute it. My highlights, I would have to say, um, in August 2005, having got to the stage where I could exhibit, I then became frustrated that there were not enough places, not enough encouragement around to exhibit. Um, and having tried one or two exhibitions with um, different organisations, I felt the only way to do it was to try and bring a little collective of artists together who felt the same way as me and put on our own exhibitions. And so that's how Purple Poppy um, started. We started off as an artist core group, very small group. We hired the hall in Woburn Sands for nearly three years every other month and um, we put on our shows there, very successful shows. But as with any committee-based thing, it's very hard to keep a committee going, and it was hard work to keep the whole thing going. So it came to an end in April this year, but one door shuts, another one opens. It's when myself and my husband decided we'd open the gallery in Amptill um, because we felt we needed a more permanent base. Um, September 2005 to, to date, um, I go into schools as a visiting artist. I've, I've got a portfolio here. You're quite welcome to have a look in little while. And I go in perhaps for two, three days at a time, and I work on projects. It's usually something that's linked with the themes that the children are working on at the time, but it's totally off of curriculum, so it's totally creative, and they absolutely love it so we've got volcanoes in there and big seascapes and um, headdresses have a look afterwards you know it's uh, they're not not all the photographs are in there but um there's quite a good to give you a flavor um another highlight august 2006 i managed i don't know how i did this but i managed to get on the front page of the craftsman and i've got a four page feature inside there which was great for me um and then Another um, highlight was this textile directory. It's really only um, 
people who are in, in textiles, in the textiles world, world, know about this directory, I think. But it's great to get in there because these go out to colleges and so forth. All the textile students get to know about you. And I entered a competition for Textile Award 2007, and I got placed in the top six. And so, as a result, I'd got, I think there's about six pictures of mine in there, and I got a place on the website for a year. So that, that was good. Um, I've had work exhibited up and down the country. Um, at the m moment, most of my work is in Amptill. There's some up in Farfield Mill, up in Cumbria, but uh, most of it's at Amptill at the moment. Um, but I know it does sell well, my work, and it's gone out to America and Australia and New Zealand and Japan. They're the ones, or in Spain, and they're the ones I know about. Um, and there's, there's plenty up and down the country. And so April this year, we opened Purple Poppy Gallery in Ampetil. Um, it's a showcase for all the local talent that's around here. Um, we have got um, artists from further afield, but most of the work's from local people. We are selective, so we keep that quality there. Um, we run workshops. Several different artists will come in and run workshops, and Fiona's can vouch for that. Fiona came to one of our workshops a little while back. Um, we've also got a, an extra little place on the side, which we're about to open, and that's to encourage more exhibition-style shows like we did in Woven Sands, to encourage emerging artists, um, people who haven't shown before, um, to give them that chance to put their work in a gallery. So I'm going to go give you a demonstration now. So I don't know if you want to move forward, some of you at the back, so that you can see. Um, this is felt making. <coughs> if I, um, I can pass these round to see, so you can see the sort of thing that uh, I'll be making. You'll see it's very different to shop bought felt. It's very soft. And it uses merino, merino wool. This is the easiest wool to use for felt making. It felts very, very quickly. And what, what I'm passing around now is what I did for demonstration. I, I did a three-day demonstration at Rest Park in the summer, and these are the little bits I produced for that. So it's quite nice as little samples. And there's, there's one um, over there that Margaret's got, with, which has got a... It's a sketch, yes, yeah. I've got one in a frame over there, and um, that is purely just laying the fibres out and getting them where you want them to go. All the others are canvases. I make my canvas because the felt comes out very, very flat. I like texture, I like colour and I like texture. And... If you look at my work behind, it's all very, very textured. Um, so these are just my canvases, and then the fun begins. <laughs> so I'm going to show you how to make a very simple piece of felt with my merino wool. The wool's got um, little scales on, just like your hair. It's got little scales on. And um, the idea is that if you put them in different directions and you apply very, very hot, soapy water, lots of agitation. Those fibres, those, 
they will knit together, they'll felt together. The little hooks, uh, the little scales will hook together. Okay. So you start in the top left-hand corner, and you pull out just little wafty bits of the fibre. It's important that they are wafty. You get the air between them. Otherwise, well, you can end up with big clumps. That quite often happens um, when I go into schools, and some of the boys more like they'll get the great big they'll because the dyed ones are not so easy to pull out. You know, they'll pull out whole chunks and place it down. Quite interesting. So you work across in rows, and each row is layered up. Uh, I'm aware that you can't sort of see it from over the top, but um, you're quite welcome to come and have a look. I'm putting a white base down because... The, uh, what I'm intending to do is like a little coastal scene. If I want to do something dark, then I'll put a dark base or down. Quite often in my landscapes, I just work straight with the colour and put colour blocks in, like some of the samples that you've got um, passing around there. So I work all the way down to the bottom of my bubble wrap. I haven't explained... Uh, my setup here. It's all very low tech, this. Um, I've got a towel, obviously, because I'm going to be splashing around a bit of water. I've got a roller blind on top, just from Ikea. <laughs> um, that is for, well, you'll see in a minute, for, we're going to be rolling this up, but it's for the agitation, and it needs to have these struts. It needs to have some rough surface. And then I've got bubble wrap on top, and that's to keep the moisture in place while I'm, I'm working it through to the back of the fibres. While I'm doing this, do you want to um, pass that round? <laughs> You'll see how soft this is. This is the merino wool, and this is just the natural. Yes, yes, yes. Has anybody here made felt before? Oh, you have, yes, of course you have. <laughs> yes, sorry. Your instructions in the little pack are very good. They really worked out. Thank you, yes. I get that a lot. That's right, Margaret is one of my embellished uh, felt workshops. I do two types of workshop at the moment. I do a straightforward felt taster. And I do an embellished felt workshop. So you make the, the canvas, and then there's two sessions. Then the second session, you add all your bits and pieces and use the sewing machine, hand sewing. Sure. Did you finish your piece? I finished one. I've still got one unfinished. Yeah. The one I made at home, so I really must get down. Mm. I've run quite a few workshops since we've opened the, the um, gallery. And uh, some people get very, very ambitious with their first piece. It's, it's great, really. I think um, I think they they expected to go home with a piece. Yeah. <laughs> right, that's my first layer, and I've sort of got carried away there, so I've gone white all the way down to the bottom. I did actually need to put some colour on. <laughs> right, so I'm going to now put put a bit of sky on.
Okay. Right, the second um, layer needs to come downwards. So we've had a horizontal layer, we've got a vertical, then the third layer will be exactly the same. Horizontal. No, I have to admit, I buy these dyed. Um, there's a lot of people out there already dyeing the wool, and so I let, leave it up to them. <laughs> I do blend. I do blend it. Just that you have to get it colour fast, and it takes forever, so I just get on with the creative bit. <laughs> See, there's a little bit thick, that one. As I said before, um, you wouldn't wear my felt. It's quite thin, and I'm doing it purely to put the blocks of colour um, down. And when you start doing this sort of thing, wherever you go, you're constantly taking photographs, constantly seeing inspiration. Um, but for me... Places like um, Cumbria, Yorkshire, and Tuscany, um, they're the places to get the inspiration from. I just love the colour and the texture and the wildness. These pieces behind me, this one here is Ilkley Moor. Um, to say, I went to Ilkley College, um, spent three years at Ilkley College. And it's quite special to us because my husband and I got married before we left college, so we spent our first married year in Ilkley. And so whenever we go up to Yorkshire, we always seem to find our way back on Ilkley Moor. And... Um, my daughter went to Leeds University. My son went to Bradford. So again, we kept kept finding our way there. And um, we, I went to stay with my daughter one August time and, and went across to Ilkley Moor. It's the first time I'd realised I hadn't been there in August before because the heather was out. So that's where this piece has been has come from. Um, it's about 375 uh, 100 grams. Um, is it easy it's not too bad. Or do you sort of order it off the internet? How do you get it? Um, I've got a few suppliers. I've got one up, um, is it up in Yorkshire. There's one up in Cumbria. Um, and then there's a, a big centre, that's London, um, where I get most of mine mm. from. But it, it depends what you, what you want. If you want lots of nice subtle colours, if you want those ones that people have dyed themselves, then you have to search around a little bit. Um, I have these kits, which if anybody feels inspired, <laughs> um, you know, they're available, and I have a little price list in there. So if people want to top up and they do from time to time, they just give me a shout and I can get the, the rule for them. But you can't sort of just go down hobby craft or anywhere mm. like that to get it. It's um, about making sort of had a bit of an explosion, I think, recently. 
um, most people make wearable felt, which is a lot thicker. Um, Shetland wool is quite nice for making wearable felt. Um, but there's not really many people that seem to use it in the way that I use it. There's, uh, there's a girl up in Cumbria who does big sheep. You might have seen a programme a while back, a 10-minute programme. I can't remember what side it's on now. And Andrea Hunter. Anybody heard of Andrea? So quite a few people have around here. I was quite surprised. I think when they go up to um, Cumbria, then they sort of find her. She's not far from the gallery where I've got some work. In fact, they moved some of her work to put my work up, so it was quite nice. <laughs> but um, just put a little bit of sand in there. Um, she doesn't embellish her work like me and she's mainly sheeps amazing sheep they're just like photographs or charcoal drawings really they are absolutely amazing and I think there's a lady up in Scotland who does some sort of landscapey things but again not like mine and I don't you know haven't come across anybody working in this way I suspect there is somewhere <laughs> I'm not going to give it the, quite the, the attention that I normally give it, I'm afraid. Let's um, go back to this one. How many do you put on? Three. Three. Yeah, so we're on our second one at the moment. And when I get the top layer on, that's when I start doing all the blendy bits. Um, I do have to keep reminding myself this is just the background. Has anybody seen my work before at all? No. <laughs> I've seen you. <laughs> I've seen your website. You've oh, yeah. emails. Um, oh, do I? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I hope you don't mind. No, not at all. <laughs> Have you been down to some of the exhibitions? Um, I haven't. Oh, I live in Northampton. Yeah. You came to my open studio a few years ago. Oh, did I? <laughs> your name is? Linda Johns. Oh, Sculpture. Yeah. Oh, I kind of moved into doing outside work, which is why I haven't sort of been back in time. Just before we started, but we were searching for fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great that you've carried on and that you're still doing the work with the camera. Yeah, really it's, it's been hard, it's been very, very hard, but um, yeah, mm. <laughs> we keep going. Where does the name Purple Poppy come from? Oh, I don't know. It's um. I don't know. I think at the time I was still doing a little bit of teaching. I don't know. I had a little girl in my class called Poppy. Mm-hmm. So whether that's got anything to do with that, I don't know. And, and purple, I've always loved purple. But we were a group of four, and we did have a discussion about the name. Um, so I don't, you know, it was supposed to be a, a joint decision. Um, it's just 
don't know, we went round in circles for a name, and some really boring ones came. <laughs> um, and then we just went, we went and had a look at the hall, decided the hall was suitable for what we wanted, went and had a cup of coffee across the road and sat around discussing names again, and it just came out. Well, <laughs> <laughs> right, that's it. So, uh, hard to get your tongue around it sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, I suppose people do remember it, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Margaret, do you kind of duplicate your pieces? Do you make the same piece? So I make... Do people ask for it? I, I sort of do, yes, yes. I, if you look at my portfolio... Um, Actually, I could send it around, couldn't I? Mm. Um, you'll see there's a lot of Tuscan ones, and they've been the most popular. I tend to do a poppy-type one and a sunflower-type one. I try to do them all different. Um, it's not exciting to do two identical, but people do ask. <laughs> and um, I've got to do some more south-soldy ones. Um, and it's, it's funny because I, I, I did... Four Southfold pieces. Um, <coughs> two went quickly. Two sort of hung around. The two that I thought, no, one of them I thought would have gone very quickly. And then all of a sudden one goes, and then two more people want it. So, <laughs> so yes, I've got to do some more of them. But presumably each one is unique in the sense that you're building it gradually. And it yes. Has oh, oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I, I do tend to have a bit of a trademark. Because most of them, apart from the silks, they've got poppies in them. They try and put poppies on most pieces. Um, and sometimes daisies, but obviously it depends, depends what it is you're doing. Um, and I do do commissions. Has anybody <coughs> been in the plough tour? Well, I don't know. Uh, why the gallery in Aptil then for the Good question. Well, we I have wanted to have a gallery for a very long time. Besides the group that we formed, it was all a bit of um, an experiment for me mm. to uh, um, to have that experience, you know, pulling artists, pulling quality artists together, um, and putting an exhibition together, and then bringing the public to them, mm. really. Um, and I think. Some time ago, well, I was actually off, when I was teaching, I was off um, sick for about eight and a half months. And the thing that really got me better was planning my gallery, funnily enough. And, um, and at that stage, I was going to have one in Woven Sand. Mm. There was a teeny tiny shop, not really big enough, but, you know, state I was in at the time, you know, it was what I wanted. But I obviously wasn't really ready for it at that stage. Um, so that's what went by the by. And um, it's sort of been a burning desire to have this gallery for so long, so many years. And um, it was a question of where. And I don't think there's an ideal place around here at all. Um, I've done exhibitions in Milton Keynes itself, in Middleton Hall. 
and my experience is you're in the way. People are doing their shopping, they just bypass you, they're not necessarily interested. I mean, obviously some, some people aren't lucky, and I have I have started some work um, as a result, and um, got some school um, work from it as well. But um, I wasn't convinced that Milton Keynes was the right place, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then it's sort of it's never really been right on the back burner but um, it's been something that you know, really really this was my dream to do this but uh, it was finding the place finding you know, the right time the right place and um, we we did an exhibition at um, Olney in the new studio I don't know which is gone now Um, they were there for 10 years and we we did very well I did very well through then and we did this exhibition I think it must have been 2008 was it last last summer and Karen the owner approached me and she said I'm going to have to give this up. Do you know anybody who would like to have a <laughs> And we did actually look at buying the new studio, but it sort of didn't happen. It was far too complicated and um, went on too long. And uh, just when we got to the stage, we sort of agreed a, a date to make up our minds by. And then they, I think they had been approached to um, somebody else to go in there to rent the place. So that's what they decided to do. Um, but we'd sort of got all the background work in place for a gallery and ideally I would have liked to keep in Woven Sands Woven area because that's my patch and I just know it and uh, I know the people there about um, but it was just a question of at that stage, well if we're going to do it it's now or never, that was just before the credit crunch and um, we just happened to stumble across this place and if you come out, you'll see why. When you open the door, it is absolutely perfect. For a gal- You've been, haven't you, Liam? Uh, yes. And, um, it's, it's, it's just a beautiful building. Never mind what mine's got in it. It's just lovely. Um, and, uh, it, it was suitable size. And um, we've got five rooms in the gallery, one of which is my studio, but it's also exhibition space and as I say we've got we took the little place next door as well so that's just about to be launched for exhibitions um, for, for doing the shows like we did in Woven Sands but also for sort of solos shows and you know um, and um, yes yeah, so that's sort of how it happened <laughs> probably chose the worst time of the, in the world <laughs> But there we are. Time to choose you, not the other one. Well, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But that's where we are anyway. And, um, and we've opened six days a week. Um, right. I shall sort of almost call this a halt now because you, know, you can't sort of see it face on. Did you want to come and have a look before I do the next stage? While it's in its dry state. It's sort of very soft and like a pillow. (laughs) 
And this is where you don't, when you're doing it in schools, you say to the children, please don't sneeze. Please don't open that window. <laughs> Okay. Right, so that's the dry state. And I've got it sort of in a design. It's, um, say it's, there's not really enough time to do a proper design, but uh, it'll do. Okay. My net curtain is to hold the fibres in place while I put the very hot water on. I'll show you how I make that. We've got granny soap flakes in here. And I guess this stage, uh, lots of people are quite scientific about it, but I just do it. Um, I'm more experimental. Let's see if I can open this. I've usually got a kettle going, but I thought it'd be safer just to have it ready in the glass. So I dissolve that in the hot water. Bottles, I said it was very low tech. <laughs> now that's a little bit too hot to handle. So I shall just cool it down slightly. So I'm going to saturate the wool, but I do it in sections through this netting. And the plastic bag, it pushes the moisture right through the fibres to the back to where the bubble wrap is. Have you made much about Ben Margaret's? No, I've only really done one at home and I've got ideas. You've got some ideas? I've got a new, yes. I've got a new machine, so now I'm going to have to learn to use that. And then I can embellish it. That's great. I get a lot of people coming into the gallery and you know, feel they get very inspired, not just by my work, but uh, by all the work that we've got in there. Look for tips and things, and then um, we get lots of students. Seems to have quite a good relationship with the Red Board Upper School. And lots of students coming in. They're quite sweet, really, because they they like to do little bits on me and put in their projects. And yeah. Little projects. <laughs> 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 I'm interviewing. 
and photographs, or have their photograph taken with me. Oh. <laughs> Are you running another course soon? Um, yes. Well, I, I say yes. I've just done one of each. Um, I'm always up in the So, yeah, if anybody is interested in, in doing a workshop, if you just want to leave your details, and I can let you know when the next ones are coming up. We do other workshops as well. We've got a mosaic one coming up. Um, this is decoration. We're coming to an end um, with what we've got on offer at the moment, but we've got to make a new programme for next year. And I was talking to um, was a painter, John Wilson, whose work is sells well, really well down in Cornwall. And you probably will have seen his work because he's got cards out in the card shops um, under the Milkwood um, sign. And um, he's going to do a talk and demo and workshops in the new year, so that's quite exciting. Right, so I've absolutely saturated that now. Um, I'm just going to pull the end fibres in because they tend to stay a bit dry. Start of it. Okay, I'm just going to um, put my my arm thingy on if I can find it. So I've done so much of this without making that um, I've actually ended up with a bit of an injury. So, <laughs> so just for this bit, I'll put it on. Okay. So roll it up. And then you just roll it. And I usually say to people, you roll it about 100 times. <laughs> then you have to unroll it, turn it around and hun- another 100. And you do it four times. So this is the agitation bit. It's great when you do this in school because obviously they can do the counting. Pushing that um, that liquid through and um, yeah, basically encouraging them to get together. Sorry, does it break down the grease on the wall? That's the soap. The soap really is there to help push that in, disperse that water. Um, I suppose it does help with the grease. I haven't really thought about that feeling. No, it's not. put before you sort of start the the wet process you can put threads and fibres and things in as long as they're natural ones um, you can catch some of that in there put some more liquid on and doing things like the, the wave so much water slashing around dribbling over the fur. 
because of the size of it, I had to do that on the dining table because it was too big for my workbench. Um, I've got some photographs of the wave. Um, so yes, that's me putting the fibres. Sorry, it's a bit sappy. Um, so yes, I put all the all the fibres in place. Um, so I had, I had got the shape of the wave, and um, and sort of the embellishments obviously are added on afterwards. Two, you've got the other photographs going around. Um, yeah, there's the one where I'm laying the fibres out, and there's one with me coping with it on the sewing machine. It's so big. It's like, um, although it doesn't doesn't look that big now, it was very big at the time to to work on the machine. It's like um, doing something like a king size quilt or something. I have done those as well. They're quite, quite big things to do. Just turn that. No, I've got a massive one. <laughs> Now it's holding together. I've overdone the soap. <laughs> <laughs> what is and the other technique with the needles? You know, when you have dry felting. Dry felting. I, I actually don't do that. I have got one, but I must admit, I've never really experimented enough with it. Um, but it's the same same sort of. I suppose it's still needs to see the lights together. It does, yes. Yeah, you can put other fabrics in as well uh, at that time. And, <laughs> and um, you can use it on the, um, an embellishing machine. We'll do the same sort of thing. Lots and lots of needles that punch the fibres through. Well, so you start with, with that, you start with a piece of fabric, I think, and then you're punching them in, into that fabric that's already there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you should be able to see that it has shrunk a bit. If you get to this stage and you don't feel it's melting as well as it should do, then you can add the water to be very careful, but you can add water um, I'm going to just to add a little bit extra heat to that Same way if you put 
and I threw junk in your washing machine. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's the quick way to do it. Sorry. Yeah, I had a super thick alpaca junk and I washed once. Yeah, it's really super thick. <laughs> well, what you do now is you make bags from them. <laughs> 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 My friends give things to me.